0: Hey everybody, this is Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com and um, you're used to hearing me with a guest um, and a and a co-host. And today I've got sort of an interesting combination here. <laughs> so my friend Amber and I are going to collaborate on this podcast together. So you may be listening to Amber's podcast and going, "Who the heck is this Heidi person?" Or you might be listening to my podcast and going, "Who the heck is this Amber person?" And we're gonna we're gonna find that out today. So if you are um, listening in on one of my Feeds that usually is talking about movies. This is just going to be a little departure. So, um, if you're interested in this departure, please continue to listen. And if you're just interested in the movies, then go ahead and feel free to log off and not listen. But Amber's one of my close buddies via the internet, and we're collaborating on a, um, a camp or a retreat. And so, we thought it'd be fun to get to know each other a little bit better. And this is also an opportunity for me to announce that I will soon be putting out a podcast talking with multi-creatives and um, sort of about their process and and uh, talking a little bit more about what I do with multi-creatives. And that will be launching in 2018. So again, I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. I'm a professional coach for multi-creatives. And so today we're going to start off talking a little bit with Amber. So Amber, um, I, I consider you a multi-creative. Have, have you uh, <laughs> have you heard of that, that phrase before, that title before?
1: I've heard of it because of you, Um, but I think it's a really great uh, way to sort of uh, describe folks who have vague, creative, sort of multi-pronged careers, which I am one of those. Um, And I I really like that, multi-creative. I think we should make it like a household word. So we're going to work on that.
0: Sweet, sweet. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So I would definitely consider that something that attracted me to following you on social media way back a few years ago when I think I came across you on Twitter or something. And this was before I knew about body positive yoga. And um, it was just a vibe I got off of you. So, so why don't you go ahead and just tell a little bit about yourself. and, And in this case, um definitely I would love to hear, you know, not just about body positive yoga, but other things that you're interested in and, you know, even crazy schemes that you haven't started yet but you're thinking about or anything you want to share that's just part of your creative landscape. Yeah,
1: sure. Um so yeah, my name's Amber Carnes and I'm 35. I live in Richmond, Virginia with my husband Jimmy. Uh, and I think you probably found me when I was blogging at Um and I I have done creative ish things over the years so maybe I'll work backwards so right now um, my thing is body positive yoga uh, I I've practiced yoga for like 15 years um, but I started teaching in 2010 and this was like before Instagram before you could like search any hashtag from, you know, plus size yoga to wheelchair fashion and like find what you were looking for. Mm -hmm. So at the time, you know, I, um, I was uh, a yogi and a new yoga teacher in a bigger body. I've always been in a, a bigger body or a fat body, however you want to put it. And I, you know, I had sort of figured some things out on my own about modifying poses and how to personalize my practice, but I would look for stuff online and I just like really wouldn't find it. So I decided I had to make it. <laughs> awesome. So I, I started uh, making some videos. Um, I think my first one was like, how to keep your boobs out of your face when you're practicing <laughs> yoga. So I mean, I kind of just started putting things online that I knew would be helpful to other folks. I've sort of, I've like blogged since before blog was a word, like I've had a little web presence since I was like 16. And um, it's always sort of been a little um way of documenting, I guess, like my life and my interests at the time. And, um, so yeah, it was sort of a natural extension to like what I'd been doing for a while. So I started creating videos and and putting stuff online and that's sort of grown to now, um, as of uh, January of this year, um, I quit my, uh, marketing job and have been pursuing this full time. So I have, uh, both online and in-person offerings that I do. And I've got a, you know, a lot of, um, I have a monthly membership site where you can take classes on yoga and self-care. And then I have a, an online course with another teacher from Canada named Diane Bondi that's specifically for yoga teachers who want to learn to work with folks in diverse bodies. And then um, I have little courses here and there. And then I teach workshops and retreats and classes and things like that in person um, and I'm so excited to be collaborating with you on a retreat, which we're going to talk about a little bit today, but, so that's kind of my thing now. And, um, I, you know, as a, a single business owner, I sort of end up doing all the things from, you know, writing, videoing, video editing, <laughs> um, you know, marketing, like all of that kind of stuff. So I really get a chance to sort of, um keep my skill set, uh, broad and diverse, which is, I think a good thing and a bad thing sometimes. But, um, you know, my, my creative landscape, you know, has been, um, I, I kind of joke and say that I'm like, I'm a little bit of a Renaissance person, but I like multi-creative better because I'm like, sort of involved in lots of things, but not really like the master of anything. <laughs> <laughs> so and that's kind of how I've been since I was a kid. I mean, my mom said that I was always like, I would have a current obsession and I would like study it to death and learn everything about it until I was completely sick of it. So it'd be like dinosaurs and then space and then ancient Egypt. Like I would just completely like immerse myself. And I feel like I've kind of always been that way of like um, kind of pursuing different interests and, and creative pursuits. So I... um Let's see when I was um 16 I started booking shows for bands and so for a long time um my sort of creative center was in uh the punk and hardcore scene uh particularly in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Cool. And I helped to run a record label. I did all the artwork and um layouts and stuff and I booked shows for a long time and I had for a short time, like a little collective for bands or we would like promote each other's stuff. So, you know, the, the, I love like throwing events. I really like, um, like facilitating experiences for people. And normally it's just like, I want to throw the kind of event that I want to go to and then right. see people show up and that's worked out pretty well so far for me, um, with the different things that I've done. So I, um, I, I booked a lot of shows and, I, you know, I would enjoy also the sort of artsy, craftsy parts of that, which is like making flyers since back in the day before we had social media, you had right. to make a flyer and take it to the record store and go to the show and hand it out. So there were lots of little things like that. Um, and I did that through college pretty much. Um, and, uh, that was really, you know, I would say like the first time that I felt, um, you know, real like community. I mean, I I grew up like in the church, and I I definitely had that like with the like youth group that I was part of and stuff like that. And then we moved to Virginia um, when I was 14, and I really didn't have that for a while. And then like I immersed myself in this like independent music world, and it was cool. Like I really knew what my life was about, and I was part of building something. And I think the really cool thing about community, um, that I sort of got hooked on there was like, you know, you're part of something. And also like, if you don't show up, then you aren't, you know, and it's not just like showing up to go to the show, but like, what are you, you know, what are you contributing? So whether we were making zines or, you know, doing the record label or booking the shows or, you know, whatever it was, um, I think like everybody had a, a part in making something, which was really cool. Um, so then, uh, after that, I mean, I still go to like hardcore shows and stuff, but I don't book shows anymore. Um, I spent a while in this sort of like, um, independent artist slash craft world. Mm -hmm. And I had, um, like I taught myself to knit and I had, you know, different little things that I, I enjoy doing and making. I pretty much have probably done, almost every craft except jewelry. I never really got into that. Um, But all the other, you know, paper and uh, collage and embroidery and all the fiber arts from like sewing, quilting, knitting, all that stuff. So um, like while I was in college, I actually got an art degree. It's graphic design, but it's a fine arts degree. So you have to take all the sort of hands-on things. So I got to um, I got to get a little bit of like formal education in some of that too, mm-hmm. which was cool. Uh, I really like developed a love for printmaking there. So I still kind of dabble in like cutting linoleum and I really loved letterpress. Um, it sort of appealed to my like tedious nature <laughs> 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 to have to sort of calculate everything down. And um, I love working with like the paper and the type and stuff like that and um, applying sort of like the graphic design, you know, skills to something that's really, you know, hands-on. Yeah. Um, Because even when I was like doing shows and stuff, like I would usually like create some stuff on paper, like with stencils or spray paint or whatever. And then I would like take it into Photoshop and mess around with it. So I like the, I like still getting, even though design is primarily done on the computer now. Like it was cool to have an aspect of that that wasn't so, um, yeah. So then I started a group, uh, with a couple other folks in Norfolk, Virginia called the Norfolk craft mafia and the craft mafia is a sort of, um, there's chapters everywhere and I think they still exist. Um, and we did that for a while but then we ended up um like dropping the craft mafia name and um cuz it was sort of a franchise thing it didn't really like apply to where we were at gotcha and we did a thing called seven cities crafters so this was basically a collective of like local artists independent um crafters and makers and whether or not we were in it to make money or just because we you know we liked making things um, and we would do Skill Shares and you know social crafting nights, and we threw a big craft show. that was a pretty big success, um, and we had a great time doing it. It was a juried show. We had like 60 uh, different vendors from all over the U.S. and Canada, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, and then I ended up moving uh, to Charlottesville, Virginia, um, several years ago, and. Did a similar thing there mostly because, like, I didn't have any friends there and I kind of wanted to figure out where the creative people were. It was a little bit harder for me to like suss that out in Charlottesville, so but that worked very well. We did a lot of the same kind of things. Um, we did a big jurid show at this citywide festival they have every year called Tom Tom, and Craftsville is still around. Um, I'm I don't live there anymore, but the group has continued, so that's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, I, I really, I feel like I have sort of this (laughs) creative, (laughs) creative, uh, I don't know, like splatter, (laughs) splattered history. That's like all over the place, but I, I really do, you know, I do consider, I wouldn't consider myself an artist necessarily, but I am like a maker and like a tinkerer. And I like to, I like producing stuff with my hands and I like, I definitely have a a really strong sort of um, visual sense to everything I do. Mm -hmm. Even like the retreats that I throw, like I'm very intentional about, you know, where we do it, what are the aesthetics and the vibe of the place. And like, you know, it'd be cheaper or easier to do it at like some retreat center that's sort of, you know, set up for these types of things. But often I'll like do things like rent a house or like the retreat center we're doing this at is like a campground with cottages. And it's really cute and vintagey. So I, I really seek that kind of stuff out. And it's a big deal to me.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, um, I I mean, as you're telling your story, I can really relate to it. And obviously, we're going to flip the switch here in a couple minutes and have you ask me a couple of questions. But um, I definitely have um, some similar through lines also in that, the DIY, you know, the DIY music world and finding not finding something creating it on my own and feeling that community and wanting to continue I think as a multi-creative person and somebody who works for myself runs my own business like I knew I was going to be doing a lot of stuff on my own I was kind of excited about that but you realize like oh my gosh this is a lot of detail. So yeah, I'm the marketing department. I'm the billing department. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the PR department. I am the person keeping the, you know, my own household and my office together and buying supplies and, um, you know, and creating the programs, like as a coach, similar to you saying the, um, you know, finding, finding the right, environment and custom creating your own retreat I'm the same way with coaching I don't I I don't want to just cookie cutter coach you know I don't want to just say hi I coach people who feel unst- you know they feel stuck they want to get unstuck so right. let me help you and we'll start with a to-do list and you know and then you know it's there are people out there that do that and that's fine that's where they're at on their you know coaching journey but think once I got certified to be a professional coach, it took me a whole nother year and a half to two years while simultaneously coaching and building the business to really start to craft coaching that wasn't cookie cutter. And that was really specific to the needs of People like us who have fits and starts and exciting ideas all the time, and then kind of tr- figuring out which ones we want to put our energy into and what does our week look like? What does our month look like? Do we like to travel? Do we like to be with people in person? Or do we prefer to, you know, send out emails? Or like I noticed, you know, with you and I as creative folks, one of the first things that well, the first thing you and I did besides just get to know each other a little bit better was decide to collaborate on this camp. And that included collaborating on the marketing and collaborating on the language we were going to use and collaborating on deciding what we were going to bring to the people and how, how Amber might do it one way, Heidi might do it another way. And there's this third magical person that's a combination of you and I And what Mm -hmm. we decide to bring, um, which I think is uh, really important for me as a multi creative is to do creative, interesting things by myself, but also find interesting, out of the box thinking creatives and work with them on something else that never would have been alive, unless we had created it together.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I definitely want to like, give you a chance to talk about your sort of landscape, but I would love to like chat about that, like collaboration thing specifically, because I've, I definitely, um, I guess like coming up in sort of DIY culture and that kind of stuff, it's a natural um, sort of instinct for me to want to collaborate. You know, I've always been, like I'm a producer, I throw events, I coordinate things, I'm good at logistics, I like to facilitate experiences. Versus like, I'm not the band on the stage, right? So I've always sort of operated in that way. Mm-hmm. And when I started, you know, this business and doing the yoga stuff, um, you know, for, I guess, like for profit or whatever, I, my natural instinct is to want to bring people in and share the spotlight and things like that. But I I honestly have run into um, uh, several situations where I feel like, I, I said yes, or I thought like, this will be great. We will have such harmonious collaboration. And then it hasn't worked out. Um, well, either we, you know, I misunderstood this person's vision or we just totally were coming from different places. And, you know, that's not something that I necessarily have run into in my other like creative pursuits. And so I'm curious if you, what your perspective is on that. Like I want, I've wondered to myself, um, is this because, uh, you know, the other collaborations I've done have been for community and this is for money, you know, even though like we both have, you know, the people I'm collaborating with and myself have, you know, sort of heart centered businesses that are, you know, the goal is to help people. Or is it just like, you know, I'm I'm not always like discerning enough of like the people that I end up collaborating with because and I just wonder if other people run into this because I... I've definitely gotten to a point where I sort of am super selective about like who I end up um, end up collaborating with, uh, based on, you know, the feedback of the people who are coming to these experiences or, you know, participating in them, or just because like of the experience that I have. So I don't know, that's kind of rambly, but I Yeah, I've no, been a great thinking question. about this a lot lately because I I definitely tend to want to share the spotlight. And I think some of that is my own stuff of like, I'm not interesting enough. I should bring in this person and this person and this person. But also I just, that's part of my sort of ethos is like collaboration and co-creation is, um, usually it's, it's, um, we're greater than the sum of our parts, you know what I mean? And so I think I tend toward that, but I've, I've sort of run into some snags and I wonder if you've if you've shared that experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a really great question and it's something to talk about a bit. I I have had similar bumps, you know, where where I'm kind of the trains cooking down the line with me and somebody else and then after a while we kind of realize maybe one of us before the other one but you know at a certain point like hmm this isn't quite working out the way we thought it was going to this isn't really yeah. going to jive and and i believe that that part of it has to do with just our enthusiasm and our kind of overarching positive attitude of just you know Hey, this person's cool. I'm cool. Let's work together. We seem to have (laughs) similar values and, you know, I like the way they market their stuff and their, the language that they use when I see their website and, you know, their Facebook or whatever, like we, we kind of seem like we're in the same, you know, place. And, and I've definitely done that too. Um, and, And what I realized and come back to is, that I think we can jump the gun a bit and, and like, because we're, I would imagine with you would be the same with me, where you kind of go in with your gut going like, yes, this person, I'm jiving with them. Let's just do it. I get excited about stuff. Exactly. (laughs) But I think it's good for us to step back and give ourselves a little time to ask some more questions be a little more curious about the person and before, you know, signing up something that's, you know, where you're both potentially going to, you know, either have a financial loss or just get stuck in something that you feel like you can't get out of is to take a little more time to discuss um, more about the experience you want to give to the world, what your values are, and just talk a little bit more. I've done that. I've had that situation with people that I've Thought we were going to maybe you know start a band together, and then the you know we we just had further conversations and you know. But certainly, when I was younger, I jumped in or joined up with people and was like, oh, what am I? You know, on paper this looked great. We love the same kind of music, and and you know they can play the guitar and I'll sing and blah blah blah. And then after a while, like oh wow, we have um, our end game is different, our goals are different, our values are a little different, the way we work as creatives is different. Um, and some of that stuff you can get around like, Oh, I've figured out that this person through conversation, they prefer texting over phone calls. You know, that's something you can navigate (laughs) (laughs) if it ends up that whatever it is, they're a poor communicator or just that, that, what their, what their, um, at at a second viewing, what they're presenting doesn't quite align. I think that's the biggest thing: is that their values and your values from afar. Like you said, oh, this is a heart centered person. I'm a heart centered person. They're compassionate. I'm compassionate. They're in right. the wellness world. I'm in the wellness world, or whatever it is. But just take just just give yourself time to marinate and um, and then ask a few more questions. I actually do have like a little worksheet I can share with you that's just, um, questions to ask before you collaborate with somebody.
1: Oh, I like that. All yeah,
0: right. I'll take you up on that one.
1: <laughs> so, um, well, thanks for that perspective. I, it really, it does resonate. And I think like, I am so, I think, you know, like you, a naturally enthusiastic person and I like staying busy and interested with the work that I'm doing so I didn't I do tend to like say yes too quickly and so it's definitely something that I'm you know working on with my own business and personal uh just personal growth I guess anyway um so tell us about you Heidi Bennett what is your (laughs) what is your creative landscape and give us some give us a quick history
0: Yeah. So, um, like you, I love to talk. So, you know, this has been great because you're telling me your story and I'll probably blather on a bit here about mine and joyfully, you know, just extol the, the thrill of collaborating and doing weird creative stuff and doing DIY and doing music stuff. So yeah, I grew up in Southern California. Um, in Seal Beach, which is a, a nice little community, and then moved up to um, Grass Valley, which is in sort of the foothills of California and uh, a little bit more of a rural area, and then landed in Sacramento in my teens and twenties. So I spent a um, a lot of my formative creative years there, and uh, but yeah, much like you, just as long as I can remember (laughs) i would be very excited about something creative and just research study make um I did acting as a kid uh I remember as a uh, little kid in Seal Beach California at like age nine I was in a play and I cold called people to invite them. So I literally grabbed the phone book, like the local phone book, opened it up and just (laughs) picked up the phone and started calling people and telling them about this great play that was coming up this weekend. That is really (laughs) hilarious. (laughs) So (laughs) I've always been drawn to. You're
1: more optimistic than me. (laughs) I did not know there are any people like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just as a kid, you know, just being a little fearless and not really, I just remember thinking like, this is something that people should know about because it's great. You know, we made our costumes and we worked really hard. And oh, I think that's awesome. so, yeah, at my story. My um, journey of creativity has included acting and singing. I come from a family of singers, and my brother is a singer, and he and I have had um, bands together. And uh, I definitely also listened to and had formative life experiences going to uh, punk shows and um, then also, ha- I never really had a punk band. My stuff was a little bit more uh, kind of what influenced, say, a band like X. So it would be early, yeah. early um, you know, punk and roll folk music. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. R&B and soul and, and rock and roll from from the 30s, 40s, 50s, um, that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, so I, I like that the historical music of um, you know American music so like the Blasters is one of my favorite bands so if anybody's familiar with them and the kind of R&B and soul and stuff that they do that's sort of similar to the kind of stuff I'm into so yeah and then also in any band that I was in or do you know starting I was always the PR and marketing person so I was making the flyers and I was you know, finding weird clip art and cutting that out and making collages. And then I was going out and, uh, you know, putting those posters up on the poles in Sacramento and, and, uh, there's always the, the war of the poles, you know, you're covering, hopefully mm-hmm. not covering somebody cools poster, but. You know, then you would get somebody else covering your poster and you'd rip their poster down. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And, um, so, and I was in a, in a band that was sort of a big band cabaret band that was really interesting called Dutch Falcone Orchestra. And so there was a lot of costumes and dancing and, um, all sorts of creative, creative, crazy stuff. And so that was a big collaborative, uh, fun thing. But yeah, again, I was, I, uh, a couple other people in the band made posters, but I was sort of the, the driver of the, um. The marketing and stuff and, and always kind of end up playing that role. And as far as working, I often worked at coffee houses as a supervisor and then, uh, you know, ultimately the manager of the cafe. And I think that's can be a great place for a multi-creative person too, because um, I would like to, like you said, with the retreats and your other experiences, like I'd always like to play the perfect kind of music for the rainy day or the, you know, the bustling morning or the cool down evening or anything, you know. And so I always want to play the music and have the food look really enticing and, you know, do everything I could to create an experience that was great for the employees and really inviting to our customers. And, um when I moved to, uh, to the Bay area, I live in Oakland and I ended up managing a coffee house in Alameda, California, which is close to where I live here. Um, that was one of the things that I, I really bonded with, with, with the owner there was she had this vision and, and she really wanted to create community. So I went in there and, and, um, then after we opened for a few months, started booking live music there. Then I started performing music there and, um, but was also, yeah, just always kind of make, how can this environment be nice for, yeah, we had a crafter's night, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so all that kind of stuff. Um, Place making, just... I
1: think they call it now. <laughs> oh,
0: placemaking. Interesting. I'm not familiar with that term. Yeah. But I was, I was, I'm always drawn to make something very comfortable, fun, inviting, and easy and safe for people to just be themselves. Yeah. And I think that's uh, been a through line for the different places that I've worked. And then also, I like when I worked at that coffee house, which is Julie's coffee and tea garden, which is where actually I'm you and I went, <laughs> <laughs> is that since it was the new cafe on the block i was out there on the internet you know like making sure we were on yelp and making sure we were on the tea house you know boards and you know going out and like doing things and writing press releases and sending them off to um you know the local papers and stuff and i've dabbled with doing that working for other um people who uh run their own businesses and writing press releases for them and stuff like that. And back in high school, I did have a zine. Actually it wasn't high school. Well, we, we dabbled in making zines in high school but it'd be like one copy for ourselves, you know, it wasn't copied for everybody, mass consumption. But then um, later on when I was in the Sacramento music scene, immersed in that, then my best friend and I, and she was, One of my closest creative collaborators, she and I made a zine about the local music scene But our take on it was that it was like a a Teen Beat or Tiger Beat magazine. So Mm -hmm. we would kind of, you know, poke fun at those kind of things and ask, you know, the local cool musicians like, what's your favorite color? What would it be like to go on a date with you and eat all these silly things and take like, you know, beefcake and cheesecake photos of them and (laughs) and use all this clip art from like the 70s and uh, uh, 60s to make it sort of look like this bizarro world version of a an old uh, teen beat magazine. I love it. So yeah, that's um, one thing about being, I think a creative person and multi-creative person like us is just that th- nothing's ever boring or, but if you start to get a little bored with something, you can always kind of figure out a new thing to get interested in. And I think when I was younger, I didn't realize it was okay to be that, that I thought I had to be a single thing. Like, Oh, I'm going to be the leader of a band. That's going to be the way I make my money. That's, you know, what I'm going to do, but I get stifled and, um, very, uh, just uninterested in things to the point of depression. If, if I'm trying to just do one singular thing. So, when I, when I decided to become a coach, it was because I worked with coaches and those coaches had always made me feel stronger, more able. Uh, my confidence level in myself and my own creativity and my own point of view rose because of working with those coaches. And so I thought, wow, if I could do that with people, wouldn't that be amazing? Because I've always, I've always liked to, you know, cheer people on and help them just sort of naturally get out there and, and be who they are creatively um, and, you know, start a new business or, or work for themselves instead of work for somebody else if that's what they wanted to do. But I never felt like I really knew how to help people on this Kind of deeper level where they're they're making the changes, but I'm just facilitating that by supporting them and partnering them and being this yeah. sounding board for them. So, so I became a professional coach um, a couple of years after moving to the Bay Area, and one of the things that really attracted it to me was um, that my. Instructors and the people who ran um, IPEC, the the school that I went to, the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, they always said, "Make this your own." You know, you can coach one on one, you can coach in groups, you can make it as creative as you want to. If you want to take people on walks, if you want to make retreat interesting retreats, you know, do it the way you'd want to do it. And so that's been amazing for me because now as a coach I get to podcast I get to talk with people in person I get to do like you said that uh, I can't remember the words exactly you you used but getting together in a group is you know I'm coaching people but everybody else in that group is bringing out amazing ideas and, and helping each other out and so I love doing things in groups and that's what's made me feel satisfied and happy as a multi-creative is knowing that I, I get to design my logos and I get to do my own writing and, and I get to be the, the person who's creating this experience, whether it's online or in person. And, uh, yeah. So I think, I think that's about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a, it's nutshell. A, rich,
1: a rich tapestry of cool stuff. Um, that's why, um, I don't know. It's funny when I, I had the blog that, probably is where we ran into one another. I was always like a little bit self-conscious that it was like never about just one thing because there'd be like the person who had the interior design blog or the blog about mid-century furniture or like whatever it was. And mine was just like, it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And here's my like home DIY project. And here's this show that I'm working on. And here's the art project. And so I was like, but I've always been that way. And I think it's like, you know, at some point I felt like, we, like you said, you know, you just have to pick one thing, but I've never really done too well with that. Like I, I'm a, uh, I need a lot of things to sort of hold my interest and keep me engaged. And sort of, I guess the latest microcosm of that or macrocosm, I don't know which word I use, <laughs> uh, is this business. Like I have my fingers in a lot of pies and some of them are, you know, I don't ever want to be a video editor full time, but like, you know, I'm learning a lot no matter what I'm working on. So I think that's a I think you and I are both like lifelong learners and it sort of manifests in that way, which is kind of cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and another thing that is really hand in hand with us being people who love to learn and do a lot of different things is learning how to take care of ourselves <laughs> yeah. and be self-compassionate. And um, so that's something that you and I both, you know, teach and share and talk about in our communities is self-care, 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 or um, self-compassion. I went to school to learn about compassion um, at Stanford for this really amazing program that really drilled down on what compassion is. And mm-hmm. I, I loved getting to know about it and, and love talking about it. But what really sparked me was during this um, this program when I learned about self-compassion, because I felt like I didn't really... Totally understand it. You know, compassions and self-care are the kind of things that we th- can throw around really easily and not really understand completely. Like there's still these kind of buzzwords for a lot of people. Right. But to me, what I learned about self-compassion was, uh, um, you know, very simply and um this is just simplifying it for the for our podcast, so we're not talking for hours and hours, is that you want to treat yourself like you would treat a good friend. And so that sort of self-compassion and self-care means, you know, if your friend is saying, oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> burning the candle at both ends and it's exciting, but it's exhausting, but I'm doing this and I'm doing that, that you would might say to your, your good friend, like, oh, it sounds like you, you know, you might want to take a little breather. And, you know, when was the last time you had a vacation or when was the last time you did nothing? And, and just sort of remind that friend to, to have some downtime um, for your health. You know, and and so that's one way you can talk about self-compassion easily is to say, oh, yeah, if I looked at the schedule from outside in, I might go, hmm, I think I need to take Friday off, guys. (laughs) I am burnt out. (laughs) But what if I'm curious with you, because I know it's something, it's a subject we're both really um, interested in, in providing for others, what it is that really, um, what you've learned on your journey of with it for yourself and, or, you know, with other people, just self-care, some self-compassion, that whole package.
1: I mean, I think it's really funny. Like this is something that I constantly struggle with and, you know, I guess technically I'm a person that teaches other people about self-care and self-acceptance. Self-compassion is definitely, you know, one of the things that I I'm continually sort of teasing out on my own uh, life Mm-hmm. And I can tend to be, um, I can tend to, cause I, I like the work that I'm doing. I find it interesting. I, I am a busy person. Like, I don't think I've ever been bored in my life. Um, mm-hmm. cause I am just like always kind of messing with something, but that can end up looking like, uh, you know, working for a month straight with no days off and that kind of stuff. So I tend to, um, uh, that, I think that sort of advice is very easy to give, but sometimes at least with my personality and the way I do the world, a little harder to, um, implement in my own life sometimes. And so I love that sort of gauge of like, um, using, you know, I, I always, I often say like a kid that's in your life mm. as sort of like, let's, let's refocus this conversation like through that lens and see if you need an attitude adjustment <laughs> because <laughs> I don't know about you but I can be like way meaner to myself than I ever would to another human being even like an annoying boss that I hate or whatever like I would never speak to other people in the way that I have often like spoken to myself or <clears throat> even with the self-care stuff like uh like suck it up you know that kind of attitude right. and it's like would I ever talk to like my nephew that way and be like, Oh, you forgot to do that. You're so stupid. Like, no, of course not. And so that's often uh, the advice that like I will give people when we're talking about like negative self-talk, which, you know, can apply to so many things like certainly the creative process. I think it's a really easy to be self-critical. I, I feel like I've just started dipping my toe back into, I won't say art, but like image making um, and being more intentional about, the, you know, creating stuff rather than just like, let me stick this photo at the top of an email, but like, you know, bringing in some media and stuff like that. And like, I definitely look at my stuff and like, Oh, this is crap. And so that's (laughs) my opportunity to like practice what I preach and talk about, you know, um, like what is self-compassion and how would it sound if I was trying to coach a friend or talk to, you know, one of my nephews or like, uh, Mara Glatzel, who's one of my favorite kind of online coaches that deals deals in self care, mm-hmm. one of the exercises that she had us do in a, a course that I was in was to find a, a photo of ourselves as a baby or a child and like put it somewhere where you often find yourself in these sort of negative thought loops, mm-hmm. and like as a visual reminder to be like, would you talk to that kid this way? And I I really like that as sort of a touchstone of you know, how can we reframe this conversation or this, you know, thought loop in a way that would be more um, supportive instead of just like, you know, constantly getting down on ourselves. And that I think can play into things like, um, you know, uh, body image and stuff like that too, which is one of my sort of uh, jurisdictions that I work in a lot now. absolutely. You know, when we... um, I really like that saying, like, comparison is the thief of joy, because the only reason that we, you know, think that we're less than or not good enough is because we're comparing uh, to something else, whether it's like a very narrow standard of beauty that has the context around that of, you know, patriarchy and white supremacy and everything else, um, or, you know, comparing ourselves to like a past, our past self. Like, when I was younger, I could, or when I was, you know, thinner, I, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And so I think it's important to, like, self-compassion, I feel like, is a muscle that has to be strengthened and used otherwise. Like, this doesn't come naturally, I think, to most of us. And I think especially when we're starting out on this, um, you know, path, whether that's, like, you know, trying to incorporate self-care or working on making peace with our bodies or whatever the case may be. Um, You know, that's not something that's going to like feel natural. And I often tell that to people is like, you may feel like really phony when you try to incorporate this at first. But I think like fake it till you make it is a completely legit way to operate um, when it comes to this type of stuff. And it's like, the things you think about what you're doing is not nearly as important as the behaviors that you're trying to cultivate right now. Right. So and i I'll use it, you know, an example of, um, I have a friend who, um, had noticed that his like, uh, nutrition was not like where he wanted to be. He's eating a lot of like processed food and, you know, fast food and he didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to, you know, eat a little more whole foods based diet. And so he, Notice that when it was just him, he would eat whatever, you know, food made him feel like garbage. But when someone else would come over, he would take the time to like plan a meal, make sure it was like balanced and have a beverage and like set the table and everything else. Mm-hmm. And so his new thing was, I'm going to cook like someone's coming over all mm-hmm. the time. And so at first he was just like, oh my God, this is such a hassle. I'm not worth this. Like, it's just me. Like, this isn't, you know, this is taking up too much time. I'm too like fussing over myself. But he like, I'm going to push that thought aside and just do it. And then as he started to like cultivate this habit, you know, he realized that he was like basically demonstrating to himself that he was worth it. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that sometimes that, that sort of thing where it's like, just do the thing. And once you, it is like a muscle that you need to strengthen and, and flex and use, and then it becomes easier and easier. Um, and it might become, you know, more natural to think about, like, once you demonstrate to yourself that you're enough or you're worthy or whatever, then it becomes a little easier to do, uh, the next time.
0: Yeah. That kind of reminds me of, um, I'm, I'm not going to look it up. Um, but recently, um, Ade Bryant, the comedic actress on, you know, Saturday Night Live, was interviewed, and she talks about, you know, um, when she gave up worrying about. Again, I'm paraphrasing, but g- the gist of it was gave g- gave up worrying about or concentrating on this, you know, magical weight loss number or you know losing weight and then doing things, you know, waiting until you're... Yeah, postponing your life until... Yeah. And that when you do do that, when you, when you release that, so that could be, again, that could be for weight loss, that could be for um, having a perfect whatever, you know, perfect website. Yeah, or like, perfect... I'll, I'll do this when I get my degree, when I have right, six months in right. savings, when I whatever. When yeah. somebody else tells me it's okay, or yeah, there's a, s- a specific thing that I think I'm, I reaching for. And when that's done, then I'll start living my life. But that when you let go of that is all of a sudden, all this energy is released. Like your whole body changes the way it is in the world when you're not worrying and thinking. And I've definitely had my own journey with, with, um, self love, self body acceptance, and body celebration and i've had times in my life that were these aha moments of like oh my gosh i used to never wear sleeveless shirts and then i decided one day i'm going to wear you know tank tops anytime i want and all of a sudden i was just released and freed yep. and and everything felt so much better and i had so much like last year one of the things i did which um I think people of any size, shape or relationship to their body can relate to is I said at the end of last year that I was going to not fear the camera and just let people take pictures of me and not be going, oh, let me now do I love having a flattering photo out there? Yes. Do I prefer having flattering photos of myself? Yes. Do I want to get, you know, new headshots and things and body shots of me out there more often? Sure. But to to release being tight and afraid and tight, you know, trying to <laughs> Put out some weird smile that i think is natural but isn't gonna quite you know be so chubby looking or whatever like just releasing that control made me so much happier and there's a lot more pictures of me out there just looking happy because i'm not worried about it and um so yeah just re- that's the other thing i think is the when you fake it till you make it the thing that you may just be surprised by is when you release that um, perfection or that that goal. You just get to live, and it's just ah. Oh, when I'm not worried yeah. about other people judging me, ah, oh, I know it just yeah. feels For amazing. Sure. I mean, and you have more energy I mean. to to do your creative stuff, or do your business, or do your yoga, or do whatever you want to do. You're released. Like if you go into a yoga class and you're not worried about looking perfect. Just think how much more you get out. You know, I'm sure you, that's, you know, your area, but that's an area I've, you know, gone to many times where I'm finding, um, you know, an instructor or a class that feels safe and comfortable for me to get the most out of it because I'm not worried because it's, it's a safe container where I can relax and safely, um, do my moves or, you know, lay on my back. And those are some of my greatest classes I've ever been to, or like halfway through, I'm just like, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to lay on my, lay down and corpse pose this out for the last 20 minutes. And it's going to be great. And Nobody's given me any guff or side eye or anything.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, you know, one of the things you said was like, when you release sort of the, those, um, I guess like expectations or whatever, um, then you feel this, you know, burden kind of lift off you. And I think it's really, it's really key insight to like, be able to do that. Um, You know, whether that's obsession over food, or how you look, or, you know, the self consciousness of people like judging you. And, you know, we're both talking about it, like, it's like, Oh, yeah, we did this in an afternoon. But like, (laughs) you and I both know that it, it, it takes, it takes i mean it's a lifetime of like learning and unlearning that stuff, right, but I think um you know the 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 glimpses that um that I've been able to get when it's like I let go of well, that's one of the things that we learn in yoga is to is non attachment basically right. like you know, we, I think often as human beings, we try to exert control over lots and lots of things that we have no business trying to control, whether that's, you know, um, other people's feelings or, uh, you know, the circumstances that you're in or any of like, really, the only thing we have control over is our breath, our body, to a certain extent, our, you know, the reactions and the responses that we put into the world like we really cannot control other people and when we start to release some of the expectations around like i if you're attached to a certain outcome in in a right. situation with a you know with a piece of art you're working on with uh you know the way someone perceives you in a a fitness environment like whatever it is um that is gonna really you know you can't be fully present in that experience and you know I think that there's Um, there's a freedom in being able to be a little bit more objective and be an observer of like, okay, this is the situation that's going on. I accept that. I accept where I'm at um, and, you know, be able to proceed from there rather than like this sort of panic and like tight-fisted grip on like, but it didn't go the way I wanted it to. Oh my God, what do they think? You know, that's a completely different like intention and sort of like vibe that you put into the world. So I, I think, that's one of the sort of gifts that, you know, yoga gives us is like being able to, well, my favorite definition of mindfulness is paying attention on purpose without judgment. And like, if we can learn to do that and actually, you know, we can learn on our yoga mat with our breath or with observing sensation in the body, like some places that are a little easier to practice, then we can take that, you know, off the mat and in a situation that's harder, like when someone, you know, cuts us off in traffic or makes a racist remark or whatever, like we can decide, you know, we, we already have that pause where we can like observe what's going on and then, um, be able to respond from like our best self instead of, um, you know, reacting in the moment or whatever.
0: Um, Right. And, and just to piggyback on that, um, that's definitely something I work on with my, you know, with my clients and also in my own practice of, you know, doing meditation and, and, you know, going out and getting that traffic, you know, it's the same thing. But also to to get back to the self-compassion thing is that on those days where you're not feeling your best self and you're feeling like, screw you, you just cut me off, you know, and you're really reactionary and feeling tight fisted and and controlling is that when you, Give yourself self compassion there instead of going, oh, you're not being very coachy right now, or you're not being body. (laughs) You're not a
1: good yogi right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, is that you go? Oh, hey, I'm human, and I just had a very human response to a, an experience that tightened up my body because you know I'm in a car and somebody else is in a car and they did something very unsafe, and it it was um, it was my uh, you know my. Body and brain responded in a way that's just very natural. And then now right. I'm just gonna breathe a little bit and adjust and move on. And hey, that's fine, you know, instead of doing the thing where like, oh, you're not being perfectly evolved here. God right. Damn it.
1: right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's legit to be able to say, like, after we've sort of stepped away from whatever that situation is, like, is there information for me here that something I can learn for next time? Sometimes the answer is no. Uh, but sometimes, you know, I think that's a sort of better way than like, just reactionary, like beating ourselves up for not being perfect, because we are human. So, yes. yeah. yeah. Um. So I want to go back to the thing that you were saying about, you know, being able to have like a safe container to um sort of be yourself and explore things like without the the fear of judgment from others because honestly that is the reason that I started throwing retreats. Yeah. Um, let's talk And about so it. like, let's talk about that a little bit. And then I want to talk about our, our retreat that we have coming up and sort of what our intention is there and what folks can expect and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I really, uh, like I said <laughs> a while ago, like I throw events that I want to go to and then hope other people want to show up and like, that's worked out pretty well for me. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to establish with the retreats which I've been doing since 2015 is really creating uh the type of like community um that I would want to be in which is a place full of people who are you know like-minded and like-hearted <laughs> with um you know with regards to like not being judgmental about the bodies we're in or the, you know, the things that we can't necessarily control but that get us down sometimes, like our body, our abilities, our age, our, you know, our our sort of status in comparison to either ourselves or or others. And um and creating a container that feels very safe to be able to like explore Um, who we are really like without all the labels, without all the, you know, I'm a secretary, I'm a, you know, I'm a teacher, I'm whatever. I'm a wife, I'm a mother, like who, who are you like at the core of you? And I think self-actualization type of stuff like that is really difficult in this sort of crazy society that we live in and, and all the things that are pulling at us and, Um, so creating a space where we're free from judgment and sort of surrounded by people who are interested in, in the same kinds of things was really important to me. And it's been really cool to like, see that actually happen. Um, and, uh, because, you know, I think especially, you know, my, my domain sometimes is the like body image thing and, you know, I'm very, um, involved in like fat activism and and stuff like that. And I, um, it, those spaces are rare, you know, where you can come with the body that you're in and be accommodated and celebrated, and not have the focus totally be on like what needs to be fixed, right. <laughs> which I think is sort of the default mode of of advertising and you know beauty standards and everything else. And so um, that's been really gratifying. And and I know that you have have had similar sort of um spaces that you've created so i love to you know hear anything you want to say about that and then like let's talk about the space that we're going to create together
0: absolutely so similar to you um i am always the gatherer i love to get people together and you know get some barbecue going and get some music playing and let everybody cut a rug but also have like you know clearly marked trash cans and recycle, you know, cans and, you know, easy ways to find the bathroom and all these things that like, uh, just accommodate comfort, accommodate self ability and self reliance, and accommodate people, maybe discovering a new favorite song that they didn't know about. And just, just, just being around other funky, comfy people. So um, I've definitely also, you know, put, uh, put together half day and full day retreats, uh, self-care craft camps where we're getting together and, and we always have a conversation at the beginning of the camp where everybody introduces themselves and, um, and that I always, you know, set the intention that, Hey, this is a safe place to be yourself and, um, Uh, You know, that being yourself, again, this is another kind of compassion spot here. It doesn't mean that, like, you just you know, whip out a cigarette in the middle of the room and, you know, take up everybody's, you know, take up the whole space and talk yeah. more than everybody else. Uh, but being yourself in a considerate, you know, mindful way, but to really relax and share intimate details or share something that's scaring you right now or, um, or the something you're struggling with and, and to be in a place where everybody around you is just going to kind of, you know, nod their head and smile and maybe, you know, hold your hand if you need it, but that you just ultimately feel safe to absolutely positively be who you are, unfiltered and unjudged. And that is extremely important to me. The values around my coaching are always compassion, collaboration, creativity, comfort, safety fun. You know, you and I both like to to laugh and, and have yeah. a, a good time. And, you know, that's really important. So, I mean, a retreat that, that I'm going to have is going to feel safe, but it's also going to have some energy of silliness to it. And so, you know, yes, if you want to at this retreat, go off by yourself and have a, a little walk in the woods and some private time or go back to your, your adorable vintage style cottage and, and chill the F out. Great. You know, but also there'll be, you know, just um, beautiful flowers and trees and places to just, you know, a beautiful pool to jump in and, you know, food available for you to just grab something if you're feeling a little hungry. And, and that is something that's just wonderful where we're not going to be, I think when you were talking about, um, of um you know the body positive um you know fat activism thing and 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 um what it triggered for me too was that for a lot of us out here um in the world that are you know plugged in and fighting the good fight for everyone you know you may be out there going i'm you know donating to this cause and i'm tweeting about that and i'm you know getting outraged about things that are very important to be outraged about and and i'm i'm being active an activist and a feminist and everything for everybody and that is really important for all of us but it's equally important for us to continue to do that good work by stepping away from it. So for me, for us to have a place where we're not, you know, checking in to see what somebody may have put on Twitter or what somebody yeah. maybe, you know, have confessed to doing or get called out on is that we can just step away from all of that and that that's a self-compassionate act that's extremely important. We can't do it We live to fight another day by giving ourselves nourishing, delicious food and, and, um, and, crafting and just being creative and, and, you know, or going and grabbing a book and getting into the hammock or playing a little bocce ball or like, I'm, I'm a ping pong player and I'm really excited. This place has ping pong, you know, (laughs) like it's going to be, you know, things that people can opt in to do with us. Like I've got a dance party, you know, that I'd like us to do on Saturday night, but nobody's has to do it. You know, it's totally your own participation and, you know, do it yourself kind of an experience so yeah i I, i'm really excited because i've always fantasized about having something that's kind of like summer camp but just tailored just just for us and you know you and i have a similar aesthetic that we're you know come from a punk diy background or really you know kind of love like vintage um, touches and you know maybe mid-century furnishings or you know this is kind of this place that we're going to be at has got sort of a 1930s sort of a cowgirl sort of a vibe and and there's Mm -hmm. just a lot of cute kind of kitschy fun details so to me it's like a great location because it's comfortable and cute and vintage styled but with the modern amenities and all that too to make it really really great for everybody
1: yeah absolutely so Uh, The event that we're talking about is called Camp Wildflower, and we're going to have this um, May 3rd through the 6th, 2018 and it's in central california is that you know a fair assessment where
0: it is yeah it's, at? it's it's right outside of murphy's california so it's in central california it's in an area where um there's a, you know why it's kind of a wine country area it's there's a lot of farming so like if you were to fly in to say sacramento airport or drive over from the bay area or up from southern california um you're going to see, you know, farm country and lots of, uh, you know, amber waves of grain (laughs) on -hmm. your way there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, the place is called, um, is it the Cottages at La Honda? Is that? that Yeah, the the Cottages
0: at La Honda Park.
1: La Honda Park. Yeah. So they're really adorable little cottages with private bathroom and each one has a little porch and, We've also got a main house where there's some, um, you know, we have our slumber party room. So anything from a private cottage to a more budget-friendly option for folks that don't mind bunking up with other people. So um, we have lots of different options for accommodation. And really, you know, we just envision a camp where, um, you know, you're surrounded by smart fun creative daring women uh basically we want to gather together a community of (laughs) people we'd want to be friends with and hang out with and so um you know we're going to do some creative crafty stuff um but you don't have to be an artsy fartsy person to do it um that's very like these are activities like that you can't fail at and you're going to be facilitating a lot of that and then um learning about self-compassion um you know, we're gonna have a workshop where you sort of tune in to your purpose and your why and the things that light you up. Uh, we'll have some yoga that's beginner friendly that everybody can participate in. There's gonna be some swimming pool time and some fire pit time, and there are some beautiful places to hike and explore. And I'm just really excited about this um, and and spending spending some time with other women who you know are creative who are maybe super mom or like an activist, like you talked about people that like, you know, we do burn the candle at both ends a lot of times. And that like, sometimes the best way to sort of shore up and get our self care in order is really to just step away for a few days and be in the community and the circle of other women, just like us, there can be something like so nourishing and replenishing about that. So I'm really excited to be able to, to share this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I put up a little poll in our Facebook um, event. So on Facebook, you're probably, you know, if you're listening to this, you've probably already following Amber or Body Positive Yoga. But um, just to reiterate where you can find us, um, I'm my name's Heidi Bennett and I'm on Facebook you're you know happy to reach out to me and add me as a friend and I'll friend you back and uh my business name on there is Heidi Bennett PCC coach for multi creatives and then Amber um Yeah. What's the best way for people to find you? Obviously we'll share our websites again too, but um.
1: yeah. And there'll be stuff uh, in the, like the show notes of this podcast as well, but um, find me on Facebook, Amber Carnes. I have a page for body positive yoga. Um, And then if you search camp wildflower on Facebook, um, you should get to the event. You can also find out everything about the camp at bodypositiveyoga.com slash camp wildflower, or just go to body positive yoga and click on events and you'll find it there. Um, Yeah, and
0: likewise, if you go to HeidiBennett.com slash events, then there's a link there that will go over to your website um, to to the uh, to the, um, where you can actually, you know, buy a ticket and reserve your space and decide, you know, if you want a cottage or not. So anyways, on the, in the Facebook event, I asked, I put up a little poll to ask people what they wanted to hear about on, on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And the thing that got the most votes was more about the location. So since I've been there, I actually had my bachelorette party weekend there. (laughs) And then I was there um, about a month or two ago to take a few more photos and just sort of check in. I thought, if you didn't mind, I'd just talk a little bit more about the space. Go for it. Cool. So as Amber mentioned, it's in sort of central California. It's about... Two hours from the Bay Area, about an hour and a half, I think, from Sacramento Airport, which is an international airport. So it's it's quite easy to get to. The drive there is fairly straight. It gets a little bit windy towards the end, but it, nothing um, too difficult. And we'll definitely help people in um, if they want to carpool with other folks. You know, we'll help you figure out the logistics for that. Um, but when you roll up on the space, it's a gravel place that you're going to drive up to. And there's plenty of parking. Then there's a lot of um, lawns. There's two big grass lawns. So we can certainly do yoga out there if we want to. The weather there should be in the 60s um, to 70s. So it'll be good kind of mild weather. The, uh, there'll be a lot of flowers blooming and um, there's gravel walkways like I mentioned that kind of wind their way about to the main house and all the cottages and um, it's all quite comfortable and like I said um, kind of just modern casual Sort of retro western, sort of a vibe. There's tons of places to sit inside and outside. So as Amber mentioned, there's like a fire pit you can sit around. There's a bocce ball court. There is a place to to barbecue outside. Um, We're going to do communal cooking and eating, and and um, you know we'll we'll accommodate whatever your eating style is when we go grocery shopping, and we'll spend time if you like to you know if you like to cook you can help us out with that and if you're not into it that's fine too so we'll just kind of make our our meals easy breezy and and however we like to to eat you know uh, whatever feels good for us whatever exact combination of folks that end up getting together there but um yeah there's lots of of little uh conversation corners and places like you could tuck into a book on your own or sit with a friend and have a conversation make a new friend and have a, a conversation. Each one of the rooms has uh, comfortable beds and there's plenty of lighting. There's, you know, little fans about so that if it's, if a room's getting a bit warm, you could throw a fan on. I always think that's good to know, you know, you can kind of regulate your temperature and, or if you're having a hot flash or something like that. Um, if for some reason it gets a little too chilly in the evening and you want to warm up, also the cottages each have their own little private um fireplace which is nice and uh yeah so it's very easy to get around and then each cottage is quite quite roomy and each one's a little bit different but as amber mentioned they have porches and you know seating besides uh besides the bed there's seating and you know places to put your luggage and all that jazz all the kind of stuff you'd expect in a cottage and um There's a a little kitchenette there and I'll share some more photos on, uh, but we, we have a few photos. Then there's some on the website. We have some in the um, event itself. And, uh, and then I'll just keep sharing them in the Facebook group too, because I went around and took a bunch when I went to take pictures, they were actually kind of, um, setting up for the next guests. So there's some with like, you know, the, the bedding is folded and sitting on top of the bed and stuff like that. So some of them are a little bit more behind the scenes rather than perfect, you know, pastoral images that you put (laughs) on a website. Um, there's a, Uh, Kind of a standard size pool with, um, you know, fun pool floaties about and plenty of seating out there and tables. So if you're feeling like having your morning coffee or tea or water or whatever you like to drink in the morning out by the pool, you could certainly do that. And everything's close by. So nothing's far off. One thing that's new and different there than from when I stayed is that they've built this barn. Everything else is pre-existing from, I believe, the 1930s um, as far as building structure-wise. But this barn, they built it brand new, but just, you know, it looks kind of vintage. And in that barn is a professional pool table. There is a... a um a card table, you know, to play cards. Um, I don't really play cards, but you know what I mean? It's not like a fold-up card table. It's like the kind that you sit around that has the green top on it, and you can play poker if you want. Um, There's a bunch of of board games. Um, There's, you know, a a wet bar in there. So if you want to grab a glass of water or, you know, there's a little mini fridge, you could throw something in there if you wanted to. But it's just a hangout, you know? It's like a, a clubhouse. It's a total hang space and there's a place for you to if you want to play um darts you know and that's the place i thought we could do our dance party on saturday night because they have yeah. a stereo system there so i'll just bring some some good old you know good old dance mix and put it up there on saturday night and we can you know move a couple of pieces of furniture over and be able to shimmy down and and sock hop if we want to but it's, it's just a cool fun hang hang spot i really liked it And yeah, then there's picnic tables outside. And um, there's this, I think one of the things that's really beautiful about this particular spot is it's surrounded by trees. We're out in kind of the redwoods area a little bit. um, But also there's this um, stream running through the whole property. So it, it kind of, there's a, there's a bit of a, actual a small waterfall that sort of tumbles down and then the stream just winds its way or creek winds its way through the whole property. So it's not something that you would get into. Right. Um, it is just something to to sit by and you know something to listen to as it babbles by and something to view. So if you you know if you like to be around water, but maybe you don't want to swim in the pool, this is just something you can just just feels nice you know you just feel like i'm by the water so Mm -hmm. yeah are there any anything else you can think of about the space that that people might want to know or that you have a question about amber
1: um what about accessibility so you know if folks need if folks have a mobility uh you know a wheelchair or mobility aid or something like that um is that going to be a friendly space uh, for them
0: yeah, um, I actually spoke with the owner and she said that she actually has been pricing out and, um, is ready to make, um, ramps available. So she'll go get ramps made and, and installed. If, if we, um, do have somebody that joins up that needs a ramp and we also have at least one, um, of the cottages has, you know, that kind of width to, to enter into it and into the bathroom. And it's the closest one to the, um, to the, the parking area. Yeah. So So that one is pretty
1: much, you know, um, uh, we would add a ramp if, if somebody is ready to do that. And we also, I think like the other spaces, like the barn and the pool and things like that, like are, are pretty accessible from what I understand.
0: Yeah, there's short stairs, but they're the kind of, sh- uh, like she said, she put, she can put a ramp in for the, um, definitely for the barn. And then it, even if she couldn't for the um, pool, like I think that would be the kind of thing where somebody could pull you up, you know, boop, yeah. boop, 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 up three or four stairs. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's barely anything. They're very short, you know, uh, not steep. Cool.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I have any other... Uh... I think you covered a lot of that, and that sounds really good. You know, I just want to reemphasize that, like, maybe you know, I know a lot of times the folks that end up coming to my retreats are, you know, they've never even considered a retreat before because they think like you have to have a bunch of money or look like Yoga Barbie or like whatever, like the kind right. of retreats. And I just want to emphasize that, like, this is a place where you know we're working very hard to make sure that everybody. Um, feels comfortable and safe. And we're going to have, you know, equal amounts of like, you know, dance party, fun group times, and also plenty of opportunities to like, find a quiet corner and get away. So whatever your style, whatever your like, sort of social level, you know, this is your retreat, like Heidi and I love facilitating experiences for people and setting up, you know, good fun times, but also we understand that not everyone wants to like extrovert all the time. So there's plenty of opportunities to do your own thing, to, you know, find a quiet um, corner uh, for a book or just some, some getaway time. So uh, don't let that be a deterrent. um, If you're thinking like, I just don't know if I can handle it socially. Like there's definitely some thought being put towards, towards folks like you who, Might just need a minute
0: (laughs) around a group of strangers. I think that's such a great thing to say too, because I will say like you might listen to Amber and I and both go and 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 think like oh yeah well these ladies are extroverts and they love throwing events and you know everybody's going to be chumming around together and how do I feel about that? And I'll tell you that I definitely have um, I really do love gathering everybody together and I love and value personal chill the f out time and and i really you know definitely when i go to you know family weekends or other things like that i'm definitely the person that would be like that was great i spent three hours with everybody now i'm gonna go listen to a podcast in my bed and you know turn out all the lights and just be by myself or meditate or you know um Go on a walk by myself. So yes, it, it will be that way. And you know, as long as we all communicate with each other what our needs are, um, we can certainly accommodate whatever that mood is. If you're, you know, just say, hey, I need to go spend some time by myself, and we'll definitely accommodate that.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm really excited about this. I I hope that some of you can join us. We've already, you know, sold a couple of the spots, especially if you're hoping to get um, a spot that's a little bit more, um, budget minded, you don't want to wait too much longer because, um, we're, we're getting filled up on those, um, sort of community shared, uh, spaces. And so, um, yeah, definitely check it out at bodypositiveyoga.com slash camp wildflower. We'll have a link in the, in the show notes here. And if you have any questions, like don't hesitate to reach out to Heidi or to me and, um, and we, we're looking forward to partying with you on in California. It's going to be great.
0: Oh, my gosh. I cannot <laughs> wait, Amber. <laughs> All right. So yeah, any, yeah. any final thoughts before we sign off here? Yeah, I don't think so. I think just it's, it's going to be so fun. And it's been really wonderful to spend this time just you know chatting with you and getting to know you even yeah. better and um, definitely feel like this is going to be something really amazing. All I was going to say, too, is that if – um, if you're thinking, oh, I want to invite a girlfriend to this, you know, um, whether it's your partner or you're just your best buddy, is that those cottages? They're queen size bed, yeah. But you know, if you're if you're fine with sleeping next to your bud in a queen size bed, then you know, check out those cottages. If you're also wanting to save a few ducats, but you know, go with a bud, then that's a really that's a good option too. That's mm-hmm. all I was gonna. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's it. So you know. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Again, you can know that this will all be in the show notes, but you can find me at HeidiBennett.com, dot com, And, uh, you know, you'll find my coaching stuff there. You'll find uh, under camps and classes is where I have my uh, link to the retreat. You can find links to the what, the podcasts that I'm on and future podcasts that I'll be announcing soon will be there and, uh, you know, links to my Facebook group and Instagram or my Facebook, whatever you call it, not a group, <laughs> my Facebook <laughs> um, page, page yeah. and um, Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. I'm, I'm fairly social on all of those. So if, if you like to socialize through those, then you can definitely find everything you want to find at HeidiBennett.com. Cool.
1: Thanks, Heidi. Um, I'm at bodypositiveyoga.com. Anywhere you search Body Positive Yoga, you should be able to find me. And uh, I will see you in a couple months in California. I'm really excited.
0: All right. Sounds good. Thanks,
1: Amber. Bye. Bye.